We are in shambles here. No Chris Moxley. Austin has demanded that the CFF guide be pushed up a few weeks. So he is out, has been writing in the writing mill. There's a lot going on here. In the C2C Slack, the group is dunking on me because I dared to post a poll question about who would lead the Wake Forest Demon Deacons in receiving this year. The drop uh, – the guy who drops the ball a lot, A.T. Perry or Donovan Green, who was on his way to, you know, having an excellent junior season before he was injured last year. And then on Twitter, Matthew and Austin are getting an argument because Matt is once again touting a truly unremarkable prospect in every single way. (laughs) And Caden Hauser, again, (laughs) with this young player who's going to unseat an incumbent. He has a better shot than Kyle McCord, and that's unseating C.J. Stroud, but Matthew, I mean, Caden Hauser wasn't even a full-time starter in high school. Can you justify why you think he's going to start at Michigan State? Yeah, I mean, for starters, I said next year. I didn't go full Kyle McCord here, which is what I'm probably going to have to start calling. It's going to become a verb now for us. I didn't go full Kyle McCord and say he's going to beat out the guy this year. Uh, but I don't think Peyton Thorne is anything remarkable. And if, if Michigan State takes a small step back this year, which I do think is possible, they may already look to the future and go to Caden Hauser. I don't think that he is just an average prospect. I think he's a little bit above average. He, he made it into our tier two. I wasn't the only one who voted him there in our freshman guide. I know Austin does not like him that much, and that's because he, he didn't make it. Into, I'm almost positive he made it into tier two, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Very bottom tier two. Did you my guy him? No, you guys wouldn't let me because you said I my guy like half the other players in the guide. So no, I did not. I my guy Gavin Sawchuk. That was who I my guy. You guys still wouldn't let me move him up. Anyways, back to Hauser. The thing with Hauser is like he doesn't have the the strongest arm, but I do think he's got very solid mechanics. He's a decent enough athlete. Like he's not Pierce Clarkson, but I do think that has to be put into put into. It, that has to be relevant for us when we're talking about this. Like both Austin and myself, I don't really know where the rest of our recruiting team stands on on Clarkson, but I'm almost positive Austin and me both have him five or six in our quarterback rankings currently. And he was able to keep him off the field for the most part. That has to matter. Someone like Hauser's a better prospect than I think we're giving him credit for. He's also young. He's only 17 years old right now. I don't think we're factoring that into the situation at all either. He's still got a lot of room to grow. I just don't think Peyton Thorne is a very – he's an average quarterback, and I think Hauser's got some things that are better than that. And if he goes in there, he could play well and be very good for Michigan State. I'm not saying he's going to be an NFL prospect or anything like that, but the more and more we look at this class, like it's really looking like Devin Brown – is going to end up being the standout guy, especially if he ends up winning that job next year. There's a lot of questions about a lot of these guys. Everybody has a lot of questions about Drew Aller now with what he did in spring and in that spring game. We're continuing to find, well, Cade, because he's likely going to get to start at some point in time at Clemson, but we just seem to be continuing to get more and more questions about this quarterback class. And I think there's a clearer path for Hauser right now than there is for other guys in this class. And that's, so that's why I talked about moving him up, and I think he's got a chance to beat out Thorne. As, as Matthew year. mentioned, both Caden Hauser and, P- and Pierce Clarkston shared time at prep powerhouse St. John Bosco Clarkston is a 2023 
uh, prospect, and he's committed to Louisville and will be coming to um, the Derby City next season, Clarkston providing more of the dual threat ability. I'd, I'd like to point out, Moxley, that I did not bring up Ohio State first. That was Felix, so I just went off that. I feel like I get a lot of, of hate thrown my way, but bring, I only brought them up because Felix brought them up. That's all I have to say about it. Is, the podcast is, is doing so well that, that the main audience is one of the hosts. So um, go ahead. What were you going to say, Austin? It is on the official Debbie Debate bingo card is Matt says Ohio State, the free space in the middle. Do we just oh absolutely do we, do we even absolutely. give that to people as a as, as a space to mark off? You know what? I guarantee if you go back through at least the last three episodes, I did not talk about Ohio State. I've made it a conscious effort not to do that and not to yell because my my good friend I forgot his name now. That's how important he is to me. But uh You forgot your good friend's name? Uh, he's, I mean, good friend, I think, is a relative term. His wonderful review that he left on our poor campus to Canton feed for Austin and, and Kyle and catching strays for, so, for Miles someone, State. Bias. Someone's going to watch, listen to our show now and be like, what was that guy talking about? It's like these people yell over each other and like only talk about Ohio State. He's going to listen to one of our episodes and be like, um, were they on tranquilizers that night? I, I don't really get it. I mean, it's not like they're a bad team. We talk just, he's an Alabama fan. We talk just enough about Alabama as well. Like, it's not like we're talking about Toledo over here. We're talking, we have to talk about Ohio State. They have good players. They're going to continue to have good players. Should we bring this back to Kattenhauser? I feel like you drifted yeah, it away ahead. on purpose because you don't want to No, hear I the didn't. Truth. I just wanted to answer Mosley's question. Go ahead. The problem with a player like Kattenhauser is that he doesn't really provide much with his legs. So he has to just, obviously outperformed the incumbent there which i think is an issue i mean i think it's like i like you kind of learn lessons along the way from all these guys and they're not like hard and fast rules and we're going to talk about lessons we've learned in a minute this is a more you know, specific example like i think josh rosen was kind of the last year that like a guy that can't run really at all like we thought very highly of him I, i'm really skeptical of those guys moving forward now, like i don't think hauser is a runner at all in fact i think he's probably gonna end up being like a negative in the rush game so for him to overtake a guy like peyton thorne i mean michigan state won what 10 11 games last year um hauser threw for like 3300 yards a three to one touchdown to interception ratio like completed over 60 percent of his passes he makes the offense click i i don't know that you're a, a coaching staff that is going to try to get away from a guy like that just like i, I don't i'm not and the thing about him, Peyton Thorne, the, the incumbent starter at Michigan State, is that I don't think he's good enough to head to the NFL after next year. Like, he is a guy that's going to stretch no. his college no. eligibility as much as he that's possibly can because mm -hmm. he doesn't have an NFL future. Like, once he hangs up those pads, he's going to be selling you insurance tomorrow. So, I, I think both like that. I, I wouldn't I don't think uh, Kattenhauser is, is is currently rosterable in like a normal 12 team 45 man roster league because you have to sit with them on your bench for two years. I don't know. But in a, in a Debbie league, like I'd have to be in like that pinnacle of Debbie league to think about him like, legitimately hey, because look, there, there is going to be no value add over at all over the next Colin two years. was the one who ranked him in the Debbie. I, I did not actually. So and he, he tried to call me out on that I, where I guess we disagree is I don't think Thorne stays there for two. Like I agree he's not going to the NFL. But I also don't think Michigan State follows up this year with 10 wins. I think they could realistically take a decent step back. And if that happens, I think they will move on from Thorne because he is just average. And at that point, I think they will go with, okay, 
they went and got Hauser for a reason like that. He, his name has jumped out of my head for for a minute. I cannot for the life of me think of uh, Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker went and got Hauser. That was the guy he wanted. We've seen how much that matters to some of these guys. Like, I don't think he starts this year. I'm not trying to say that. I, I, it's going to be Thorne. But if they take a decent step back, if they only win six or seven games, I don't think they'll bring Thorne back the next year. I think he'll be gone somewhere else and playing another year, just not for Michigan State, and they'll hand the reins over to Hauser. Agree, he doesn't bring much with his legs. I'm not saying he's going to be a massive CFF guy or, again, even an NFL guy. I just think he will be the starter for the Spartans next year. Matthew has not learned his lesson to uh, supplant incumbents with these, you know, these freshmen who aren't necessarily in an elite tier. Um, Kattenhauser oh, body six fifteen twenty at eight thirty p.m. Just just for my notes. You just, you have this file of information of things that I've said about your guys. I mean. Well, You're gonna I mean, be holding it's, it's on to really, file. It's really only come down to it's it's practically been renamed the, the Kyle McCord file. And you know, we've still got time for that. <laughs> if we've something ever time. happens to Matt, the dead man switch that goes off yeah. is going to just absolutely nuke campus to campus. I mean, and again, I will also say it's not just that, like I released one of them and it was about the Kylan Hill thing. Like, I've got more of those. <laughs> I just I save them just for for that wasn't you know, even that day. bad. That wasn't even that I mean, bad. You said he was gonna be a third round draft pick. And we bet he was what a fifth round back. He was a fifth round draft pick. He was a sixth round draft pick, which is what I said he was going to be. All right. All right. Uh, Felix says that's a hit. It is. Yeah. He got drafted, right? (laughs) I mean, when you're pulling from deep, it it is a hit. Well, even though Colin Hill was not a deep pull, Um, we've been playing campus to Canton leagues for a while. I mean, not a while. I mean, probably as long as anybody. Austin, you talked about lessons. You alluded to what we're getting into tonight. What would you say you've learned in, in playing for, what, three, four years or so? Yeah, I think this is my fourth off season with uh, uh, C2C leagues. Um, it's really, really tough to to learn, like, definitive lessons because every time you think you've got something figured out, the next off season happens, and it, it shows you how little uh, anybody actually knows um, you know, even some of these colleges can't can't recruit these kids and, and develop them correctly. You know, the best of the best. Um, to, I think the the big lesson, in my opinion, that I've learned is honestly just stick with your gut. The times that I've gone away from what I feel within like the realm of like realistic expectations. I feel like if I if I go away from that and I'm wrong, it hurts way worse than if I'm wrong sticking with my guys. If Jaden Blue is stinks in college, he, Texas recruits over him next year. He never makes it to Texas. He goes somewhere else. The, the true freshman running back there uh, for the Longhorns that I've I've hyped just uncontrollably over the last eighteen months. If he never becomes anything, I have a lot of him on rosters. That'll hurt. But it won't hurt as bad as if I start hearing other people say, well, I think maybe, you know, they've got Ruben Owens in the 2023 class they might recruit. And like Roshan Johnson is actually good. He's not. Jonathan Brooks is actually good. He's not. Like hearing, you know, getting the doubts and and skipping a Jaden Blue and then him blowing up would hurt a million times worse to me. So I, I think just like stick with your gut. But you have to balance it with, you know, change, change your opinion with, with new information. So it's like, it's, it's such a tough balance beam, 
But I, I really do think that's just the, the biggest thing. I think you'll end up having a better time. And I think your teams will end up better. If you I mean, the, your own the uncertainty is constant in college football when you're trying to set these lineups, not only injuries, but the fact that a whole class of, of players cycles out every single year. I mean, in the dynasty space, I'm sorry, but you can put Patrick Mahomes at the top of your dynasty rankings for the next however many years. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. You don't really have to figure things out. In Campus to Canton, at least on the college side, you are in a constant state of having to figure things out, who the next class is, who's good, who's not. I mean, we're going to talk tonight about <laughs> what the 2023 C2C rankings are going to look like. It's terribly difficult. we got to consider kids who are haven't even begun their senior seasons of high school yet and seeing are these guys going to be uh, you know, in the top 10 in our rankings in 2023. I think – Embracing that uncertainty is part of the joy of campus to Canton leagues is that it is constant and you can never really um, let your guard down. And you always got to be studying up. I like that. It feels like a guard is a that you never really mass, master. It feels the same way um, with, with C2Cs. The other thing that I would note is I've noticed that for some C, uh, the NFL championship teams, some of them are not like rosters that you would see winning championships in traditional dynasty leagues. Like their RB1 might be, you know, a, a Donta Foreman. Uh, you know, th they're relying on players um, who who probably aren't cracking the starting lineup in most 12-team dynasty leagues. And just it's just because it's harder to develop a roster. And so your championship-level roster may be – in tatters just a bit. So um, that's the other thing that I learned. I would say that I learned some things about myself as far as what positions I can evaluate. Because I think that I can evaluate the quarterback position pretty well. Damn it, I have a hard time with the wide receiver position. I just have a hard time with the, <laughs> the wide receiver position. And Austin is shaking his head and laughing. So um, – but it's fun. I mean, it's a constant journey. I'm not afraid of that. It's something that I'm something that I'm going to get better. So, Matthew, what about you? Yeah, one of the biggest things I've taken away in my first couple of years, I really approached this like I did Dynasty League football. And, and what I mean by that is when you have your freshman supplemental drafts, when you do that in a Dynasty League, most of the time, you're not going after any of these vets or guys who, you know, don't have real upside in their future you're going strictly after these rookies i've kind of learned that if we're not talking about the elite of the elite of freshmen i'm kind of pivoting off those guys because we've seen it the past couple years a lot of those guys have not panned out where we thought they were you were taking a mookie cooper at the top of the second round you were taking all these other guys early and they're not panning out like as much as i love Devin Brown, Luther Burden, Keon Grays. There's a chance that one or two of those guys don't pan out, and they're going top of the first round. Now, some of that is definitely because of us. We have become one of the you know premier information places for this kind of league that people are taking what we're giving them, and they're probably going exactly off what we're telling them to do. 
I'm kind of fine pivoting and taking these college producers and trying to win on the college side with those guys. And then if I want to trade for a freshman guy later, do that after a year or two of them possibly underperforming. Like JoJo Earl's a guy who was going super early last year. Right? I think in most of the ones I was in, he was late first, early second. He's a guy I think you could probably trade for midseason this year for a lot cheaper than what he went for because there's a chance he doesn't do anything early on. Are you and talking if he, about freshman value or startup value? Freshman value. I think his freshman. startup value is very consistent with what it was last year, actually, weirdly. I Same mean, that range. may be true, but I feel like you'll be able – if he goes out there – like we, I know you've talked about it. We've talked about it here, like Bill O'Brien, right? Not great with slot wide receivers in any offense he's ever coached. Penn State, Houston Texans, and so far at Alabama. If he goes out there and says has three or four, five, six, like, really bad weeks, do you really think it would be crazy if someone tries to pivot off of him because of his name value? And then it wouldn't be crazy if he goes out there next year and absolutely blows up. Like, where you could have pivoted and taken a, and his name's just top of my head, but anybody else, like a Colin Schley, who we've talked about, is, is could possibly be a really high-end CFF producer. Also has three years of eligibility. Like, I've just learned that the past, the first two years I did this, I was all in on freshmen. Just taking them, taking them, taking them. Now, we obviously have a freshman guy, which I think is, is we did a really good job on it. We dove really deep into that stuff. In the past, that wasn't available, so it wasn't just me. I know many people were like, all right, 24-7 sports. All right, let's see who's next on this list that hasn't been taken all the way down and just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling and grabbing those guys. And those guys don't pan out for you when you could have been taking these high-end CFF producers. That That's kind of the biggest thing I've taken away is – I'm leaning more on those guys now th this past year in my drafts than I have been on the freshman. I'll take those top guys that I truly believe are elite, and I do agree with what Austin said. Like, I'm okay missing on Devin Brown, Keon Grays, Luther Burden, whatever. If they don't pan out, I'm okay missing on those guys because I truly believe they're going to be great. But then outside of that, I don't know that I'm taking any of these, you know, a Taven Jackson, uh, a Shaz Preston. Like, I think I might just take a CFF guy who I know is going to produce for me the next two years and, and figure out replacing my death or NFL guys later on down the line if those guys do hit and I didn't take them in the freshman draft. I mean, I think we know that we play this game for fun, but I think I would be um, doing a disservice if I didn't state, you know, how much fun it is once the games start on Saturday or on Thursday night or whenever, you know, Maxon starts is just because we're in these leagues, you know, we kind of know a piece of every single 130 rosters and that makes every game just a little bit more interesting that makes every you know report a little bit more interesting it makes spring games a little bit more interesting especially for this summertime where you know i'm trying to catch up on information that i didn't get through the spring so i i mean yeah lessons that we've learned and and you can take away how to be better with the drafts and how to be better at scouting players what have you but i just think that there is something something to be said about how much fun campus to Canton leagues make both Saturday and Sunday. And if you're listening to us and you haven't taken the dive into C2C, I would really encourage you to start because you might, let's say you don't know, you know, 130 teams at the FBS level. Who cares? You will after one season, you'll feel better at, better at it after two seasons, after three seasons. Yeah, you're. I mean, I still, you know, struggle with it. I tell Austin all the time. He's making up names, um, but it's just so much fun to, you know, almost not be able to master something. Feels uh, the facing the uncertainty, facing the the challenge every single season is really really fun. Speaking of challenges, <laughs> we've given ourselves one for tonight. 
So let me set this up here. What we're doing is we are listing over the next two episodes. Is that what we decided? Over the next two episodes, we're going to give you what we project the 2023 rankings to be. So after this season, after B. John Robinson leaves and C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, what do the rankings look like at the start of next season? So we got to consider, you know, kids in high school right now who are juniors who haven't even started their season. Just going to look down the road, see what 2023 rankings are going to be like um, in the top 10. So tonight we're going to start with um, 6 through 10. And I was thinking, I don't know if it's more interesting to start with 6 through 10 or or 1 through 5 because 1 through 5 are going to be names that people have heard. And 6 through 10, I, to me, that the, that's where the suspense is because it's going to be new names that aren't in that range yet. I mean, you know, Evan Stewart is going to be a t- top five receiver. Uh, uh, Xavier Worthy, you know, the, Marvin Harrison Jr. We know those names are going to be there in the top five. So d- does anybody want to pivot to talk about the uh, top five? or Because we just, we said we were going to go six through ten tonight. I mean, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I didn't realize we were doing tight ends because that's just such a crapshoot. So I, do I didn't do okay. tight ends. I, bet I saw Austin did, so like I'm quickly putting mine together right now, but I'm good everywhere else to go one through 10. I've got all 10 of mine done. So We can talk tight ends. I didn't do tight ends because it was hard enough getting through the wide receivers, running backs, and, uh, and quarterbacks. So I didn't, I didn't do tight ends, and Austin didn't hear shaking his head in disgust at us not doing our homework. Well, I mean, Austin's already like 200 players deep into the 2024 class. Right. So like, you exactly. Know, right. Right. Some of us, some of right. us have kids See? we have to take care of, you know, so it's, it's exactly. a more difficult. Well, exactly. when you can barely take care of yourself, kids is just seems a little far fetched. So at this I point, you know, I mean, so, you know, that's I can barely take care of myself. And there's unfortunately two kids relying on me. So Matthew, if we did, I think that the more interesting information and the more interesting tease is hearing six through ten. Yeah, I mean we can we do need one we two. need all the help we can get to get the audience. So I feel like if we talk about one through five tonight and then talk about six through ten, they might come back and, and to listen to six through ten uh uh next week. Can we do that? Yeah, I mean I'm fine, I'm fine either way. Who should start? Let's start with the quarterback position and I will go ahead and start. And this is why I'm, I kind of like doing one through five because there's very little suspense here. Um, number one, I got Caleb Williams. I mean, Caleb Williams is like my number two or three quarterback now after Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud uh, leave. I think he's going to move up to number one. He's there in that Lincoln-Riley system. Excellent rusher, aggressive mentality, throwing the ball downfield. So he's number one. I think that he's probably going to be number one for all of us. Number two, I've got Anthony Richardson because I think that he is probably going to, and Austin smiling, is smirking. I think that he's going to come back next year. I think that he will have a good season this year. And I kind of hedge. I'm like, huh. But I think that to confirm that, yeah, hey, I'm a top 10 player, I think that Anthony Richardson is going to come back uh, uh Next year, barring, you know, some injury or something like that, you know, where he if he takes a lot of a, a pounding this year around the goal line and his body's getting beat up, maybe he goes, he he, he comes out. But I, I think we see Anthony Richardson for one more season because, again, he has not he's not even been a full time starter uh, to date. So 
he'll be more successful if he has two seasons as a starter under his belt. Number three, I've got Devin Brown. I just think that Devin Brown is an excellent player. I think that he's going to beat out Kyle McCord for that job next year. And, uh, you know, the starting quarterback at Ohio State is is always someone that needs to be considered in the top five, ten-ish. And I would bet that, you know, both of us or all three of us have Devin Brown in the top five. Number four, I've got Quinn Ewers. I think I've been, you know, the the one that one of the harshest critics of, of Quinn Ewers. It's not even really criticism. It's just questioning: is this guy who uh, is, is this guy what everyone believes that he is? But if he's starting for Steve Sarkeesian, I mean, just think about what um, Hudson Card and Casey Thompson did uh, at, together last year. If 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 Quinn Ewers can replicate that, then he's going to be valued highly. He already is the number one quarterback for some people out there. And number five, I've got Arch Manning. And so I've, with the caveat, if he goes to Texas, if Arch Manning ends up at Georgia, I it's no thank you. <laughs> no thank you uh, if, if he goes to Georgia. But if he ends up at Texas, in that Steve Sarkeesian system, with the way that they're recruiting skill positions, with the talent that's there already in Texas, that they're going to be able to get there when you Manning brother, um, then you give me Arch Manning at Texas. Hopefully, we'll get you know some sort of commitment here soon, so we can talk about that. But that is my top five. I really want to go in through six to, through ten because I have have one. So here's a tease. I have one freshman in uh, my six through 10. I have one, one freshman. So a, a class of 2023 player in my six through 10. Um, all right. Austin or Matt, one of you guys go with your one through five at the quarterback position. Me? Okay. Buckle up, boys. This is going to be a lot different than what Felix just said. Uh, and I have two altogether. Um, twenty twenty. Three freshmen, one in the top five, which you're about to hear, and one in the top ten. Number one for me is Quinn Ewers. He's currently number one in my C2C ranks. Why would that change now? Like, I'm not going to change that. He's going to play this year. We we all know. There's no – I don't need to beat a dead horse here. Like, we know my feelings on Quinn Ewers. He's, he's – I, in my opinion, he's going to be great. At two, I reluctantly put Caleb Williams. I mean, he's going to be in Lincoln Riley's offense, which is going to be successful – I still have questions about him developing as a passer, but I mean, again, Lincoln Riley got Jalen Hurts, second round draft capital. It's not a stretch at all to say Caleb Williams is better than Jalen Hurts. So realistically, even though I said whatever that was in our hot take episode that he wouldn't get first round draft capital, I feel like that's fairly unlikely that he won't, especially with Jalen Hurts getting drafted where he did in the second round. Three for me, it's Kyle McCourt. I expect him to beat out Devin Brown, and once he does, Felix just you mentioned got it. To, you've got to be kidding me. Felix just Come mentioned on. it. The Ohio State. Where's that? Where's that? Michael the from from uh, what is it? The Last Dance. I mean, if oh my if God. he wins out that job, which I expect him to, the Ohio State quarterback matters. At which point, he's going to be valued very highly. So I have him at three. At four, I still have Drew Aller. I, st- I still believe in him, still have a lot of faith in him. I think he's going to be the starter at Penn State next season uh, and should be very good for them. Five is Malachi Nelson. I know that you're going to have to wait a year uh, with him sitting behind Caleb Williams, but in my opinion, he is already a whole level above Caleb Williams. I think once he gets on the field, he is going to absolutely smash at USC and that offense and always, Sal. Always. Matt, Matt, uh, people aren't paying attention to the next classes like we are. So just describe 
who Malachi Nelson Nelson is and what he looks like as a player? I think he's got the strongest arm in the class. Uh, big kid, really smooth throwing motion. You don't think so? Interesting. Well, I probably am not as deep into the – I don't think I am as deep into the quarterbacks as you are, Austin. For those of you setting the scene here, we haven't done that in a while. Setting the scene for anybody not listening – or watching, I'm sorry. Uh, Austin was shaking his head no. Uh, I think he's he's my number one by far. I do not have – I'll just give a little teaser. Arch is not in my top ten. He is not one of my top three quarterbacks in the 2023. Well, Arch Manning offers absolute – I mean, almost nothing with his legs. And um, and Nelson Nelson does. Oh. Austin Austin's what? unmuting himself whoa, whoa, to drop whoa, whoa, some knowledge. Whoa, what? Arch Manning is a much more accomplished runner than Malachi Nelson is. Is he? Yeah, he runs like an idiot. He's going to get hurt. But yes, he's a much more accomplished runner than Malachi Nelson. Is. Okay. I don't. He, all right. Do you yeah. remember? Do you remember how how Matt Corral ran last year? And got effed up his shoulder. That's how Arch Manning runs. Yes. Basically. But I, I, well, I think what Felix say he's not like it's he's not going to be considered a. Well, I don't think he's considered a dual threat quarterback. I wouldn't consider him that. Like I, he can. He, I would consider the, him more of a dual threat than Malachi Nelson. I know it's like a totally different. Well, range. I'm not. I don't yeah, think I'm Malachi not talking. Nelson I don't think like we're not talking about that's, that. We're talking about Arch Manning's rushing upside. That's one of the reasons why I think that he needs to go to Texas is because Steve Sarkeesian has success with he's had success with pocket quarterbacks to a tongue of Villaloa. Uh, Mac Jones, and so that's kind of that's kind of why I think that he's a match for Sarkeesian. So anyway, go ahead, Matt. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, my opinion, I know I'm almost positive he's Austin's number one as well. I just think he's going to be a a rock. He he's going to be, I guess, the way I would put it for those of you who haven't had a chance to look at it, but know everything we've talked about the freshman. I feel like he's going to be our Devin Brown next year. Is like this guy we all expect really just can't miss. And, and especially going to Lincoln Riley and that offense. So that's why he comes in at my number five. And, and again, you can compare him to Devin Brown on the fact that I know Felix does Austin. Many people think Devin Brown will be the starter next year at Ohio state. They're not going to be able to over or over recruit Malachi Nelson. He's going to be started once Caleb Williams goes to the NFL next year. And again, being paired with Lincoln Riley, one of the best offensive minds in the game, it, it's they're going to put up some really fun Thing, fun numbers, and it's going to be a very fun offense to watch in 2024 when he takes over as a starter. Go ahead, Austin. Give us your top All right. one through five. Um, so I have – it's so close for me between these two players. It's literally a razor-thin edge between Caleb Williams and Quinn Ewers. Uh, give me Williams at one and Ewers at two, but it's one of those things where if I have a couple startups next year – and like maybe Travion's probably gone and they're probably like the consensus two, three, depending on what, like if I have, I'll, I'll probably have like two of this guy and I'll take two of this one. Like, I, I think they're very, very close. Caleb Williams and Quinn Ewers. I think, yeah, they're just the obvious, they should be the obvious one and two answer here. Uh, Anthony Richardson is a horrible answer because either he blew it up this year and he went to the NFL and he was garbage and he doesn't belong in your top 50. That's completely beside the point. Devin Brown's third That's for offensive. me. That's offensive. Devin Brown's. There's some game theory here, Felix. There's some game theory. Because there were a couple guys that I played around putting. And actually, the game theory would have been a lot more fun on the back end, um, where you kind of have to decide, like, who's, like, Phil Jerkovic that's going to make, like, a run, or, like, Grayson McCall, or, like, you know, one of the Hendon Hooker. Um, Devin Brown, third for me. Uh, I'm still working under the assumption that he gets the job next year, although I think it will be an an all-off-season-long battle with Kyle McCord uh, for that job. Uh, Malachi Nelson is fourth for me. Um, he's 
probably the most high school or accurate high school quarterback I've ever watched in my life. Um, just like crazy, crazy accurate, very good arm talent. He can move around. Like he's not a statue six, three, like one eighty ish or one eighty five ish. So he just needs to get a little bit bigger bulk up, but he looks like he has the frame to do that. And he's going to USC, which is, I think is a really good offense for him. Cause I think it's kind of like quick read, like get the ball out of your hand, but then also be able to push the ball downfield effectively. And I think those are things that he's just really, really strong at. Uh, and then I have Jackson Dart as number five. I didn't feel great putting him there, but I didn't after four, like this year it's after five. I feel really good about, or I feel really bad about everything else after it. It's after four for next year. If you look at it, assuming that kind of the guys that are eligible go, uh, I, I think you could have thrown a number of different names in here, but give me Dart. I'm really worried about him, but I still think Ole Miss for a year, like with Lane Kiffin, I, I think he has tools. He's middle enough. He's got some weapons there now. Uh, and these are C2C rankings. So, you know, I think you factor that in that he, he might he might score some points. So um, I, I have him at five. But again, I don't feel really that good about it. I mean, he made my top 10. There, There's two guys in my top 10. I actually like three of the guys in six through 10. It's just the other two I was kind of, and darts one of those where I kind of agree with you. It's kind of like, I can't leave him out of my top 10. So I put him in there because I do expect him to be good. And I think he's better than Corral, which likely gets him some decent draft capital. Well, one thing should, that should be said about the 2022 and the 2023 quarterback class. So Arch Manning, Malachi Nelson, Nico Iama Alieva, those are all top six players in the class overall, regardless of position. Whereas last season, Drew Aller was the, the only top five-ish uh, uh, quarterback in the class. So, you know, 24-7 con- is considering this quarterback class to be at the, at the top of the class overall. I don't know if we would say elite, but those are all five-star guys. So um, something to consider with uh, with those three quarterbacks. And nobody said Nico. So maybe we'll there, hear him. Uh, there are five five-star quarterbacks in the class, which yeah. is just ridiculous. And there are a bunch more that I think are really good as well. It's it's bonkers class. And 2024 looks really strong as well. It's honestly really interesting to see how that the whole thing is going to shift over the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how deep Austin would go. So I, I've graded out 16 quarterbacks right now. I love my top 10. Like, I'd be happy getting any of those guys. I think it for me, it tears at like seven. Is where and man, I feel like that's a massive tier for tier one. Typically, like I think last year we had realistically it was two. It was Aller and Brown. We had Quinn Ewers in there because uh, him obviously reclassifying. But there's like seven right now tier one quarterbacks for me, and we still have an entire senior season for these guys to go. Which is and we could not that I'd put him in there, but there's other guys like CJ Carr who could reclassify as well. Like there's a lot of things that could be coming this year. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. CJ Carr is not good. So oh, I agree with you. I'm just saying. But if he sorry Notre Dame fans, if he reclassifies, there he's gonna probably be put up there for some people. He he will be considered a top quarterback. Whether it's going to be based on name alone, we'll see. Let's move here to the running back, Austin. I'll let you go first um one through five at the running back position i think that we'll have more familiar names and fewer freshmen because it doesn't seem like the 2023 freshman running back class is particularly strong so give me uh your one through five uh not particularly strong is a very nice way to put it um it's a doo-doo uh, number one's Travion, I think, with B. John gone, there's there's literally zero argument. He would have to get run over by a bus on campus and be walking around with a back brace like what's her name, Regina George from 
he'd, girls. I mean, he'd still be RB one. I, I I don't see any scenario where where he's not the number one guy in the class uh, or the number one guy in college even. Uh, number two, this is a pretty tough one. I think you can go back and forth. Uh, I'm going to put Singleton there just because I have Singleton rated above Braylon Allen right now. I think you know this is still presuming that he kind of gets the large amount of the work there at Penn State. Um, he's just a good athlete. I think he's more fluid than than number three Braylon Allen, um, who's kind of you know a beefier. I call him kind of a runway running back because i think he really like will struggle in tight spaces but if you can kind of get him where he doesn't really have to, to slow down at the line of scrimmage braylon allen i think uh uh he can be a very good player um number four and number five were very very close for me it, it's it's Jaden blue and branson robinson um two freshmen that i think won't do a ton this year but i think they'll 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 both have like the, that freshman moment where you're like there it is. There it is. Because um, both those teams will, will be in some games that are blowouts. We we will we will see Jaden Blue and Branson Robinson this year. They won't start or or get you know a hundred touches, but we will see both of them. Circling back to Singleton, I didn't know what to make of the fact that he got the very first carry in the spring game, which was a goal line carry. They took him out and put Kevon Lee in for like the rest of the first quarter and played. I'm like, okay, so that me that meant, oh, Nixleton is the starter and they're saving him. But then they put Nick Singleton in with the twos and uh, Christian Valu handling handing him the ball. So I had it, that kind of blew my. I have no idea what to make about what his role is going to be early in the season. But I mean, we think Nick Singleton is going to be uh, the starter there. But it was just interesting how they used him. Um, I do have Travion number one, Braylon Allen number two, Nick Singleton number three. And here's why I don't have Branson Robinson or Jadon Blue in my top uh, five here is because I don't think that we see them this year. I think that we see my number four player uh, more than we see either of those two, and that's Jamarion Miller. Um, Jamarion Miller, they he got a lot of run in the, in the spring game. He is uh, – he can catch the ball, he can run the ball, and he's he already has the the body. So I think I've seen, yeah, he belongs on the field, and I think that he will have uh, some some time where he's um, spelling Jameer Gibbs, maybe him and Trey Sanders. So that's why I have Jamarion Miller at number four here. Again, this is a projection. I just don't think that we see enough of Robinson and uh, and Blue this year. And then number five, I got Will Shipley. Will Shipley's got to do it this year. I mean, he might be the best player on that offense and um, one of the more athletic running backs and, and and can catch the ball himself. I mean, Shipley could have, you know, 50 catches this year. I mean, he should if they're using him correctly. So uh, I got Will Shipley at number five. But this is hard. I mean, I was like, this is not as easy as you would think because you're projecting what's going to happen in this season. So, um, Matthew, why don't you give us – Everyone, everyone has a smirk on their face. I thought it was. I thought it was. Everyone is easy, listening but... to and 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 has a smirk on their face. Come I on. mean, we're smirking because you said Jamario Miller. Like, I mean, Jameer Gibbs, Trey Sanders, Jace McClellan. Like, I feel like if Miller gets in, it's going to be in blowout situations, just like Austin mentioned, Branson Robson or Jade on Bluewood. So, eh, tomato, tomato, right? I, I, I'll tell you this: I have. One of either Branson Robinson or Jamarion Miller in my top 10 and just, you know, teaser, it's not Jamarion Miller. So anyways, number one, Travion Henderson. 
Number two for me is Nicholas Singleton. Uh, to kind of help you understand this a little bit, Felix, I know this is going to hit a little home, and I apologize about this. I'm not trying to upset you this late at night, but I feel like Mine this is going to end up being a Mayan Williams trading on Anderson thing where – uh, he starts the beginning of the year, and then by like game two, Nicholas Singleton is just completely gone and taking this job, and and it doesn't matter. I'm not anymore. a Kayvon Lee fan, so it's not a Mayan Williams. No, no, it's more of the Mayan Williams. Like gotcha. I, that's where I, I felt gotcha. like it was going to hit you. Uh, three for me is Jade on blue because I agree with Austin. I, he was not great in that spring game, but he had one run, in my opinion, that you kind of saw a flash. And again, this is from, coming from a dude who had not played football in an entire year. I do think we will see him at times this year, and he will show us how special he can be. You know, I don't care. I'll be, I'll be honest. Ruben Owens did make my top 10. I, I do think he is good. He's not better than Jade on blue, in my opinion. He's not going to Texas either for the record. Well, if he does, so. I don't think he's better than Jade on blue. And I do think blue takes over that back. Like I like Brooks. Uh, I just, I don't think anybody's there is going to step in front of Jade on blue. Just my opinion. Uh, four for me is Will Shipley. I agree with what Felix said. Like he's going to be Clemson's offense this year. I think he's going to have a really good season this year. Also a decent pass catcher. Like I think he's going to be just fine. And then, Five for me is Braylon Allen. and I mean, I, I'm the lowest on him. I have been for a while. Again, I think Austin put it perfectly. Like, I've questioned his vision for a long time. Wisconsin's going to be able to open up holes for him. He's going to be able to get going. But again, I think betting on a running back that size is just not smart. We have not seen it ever work out outside of Derrick Henry. And, and um, God, he played for the Giants. And now I cannot remember what his Brandon name Jacobs. is. Brandon Jacobs. I, I there's just a lot of stuff that needs to improve with Braylon Allen. It could happen this year, so that's why I'm putting him in my top five. He would be down closer to ten. I think he gets a little bit better this year, but I, I'm a little bit hesitant to put him in the top three, uh, where I think there's a little bit of a tier separation for me. The condescension is just dripping off of everyone's faces as these rankings are read. Um, Let's go to wide receiver here, and I'll start this time. I, I don't think that there's a surprise here, um, but I'm not looking at faces. So let's see. I got Xavier Worthy, number one, Marvin Harrison Jr., number two, Lorenzo. I, this, I have Lorenzo Styles, number three, because I was looking at my – I was like, I can't – like, who else would it be? There's a, there's a huge tier of players that are leaving uh, this year in the 2023 class of wide receivers. And I look around, it's like Lorenzo Styles is is left. I mean, so I've got him number three. I've got Evan Stewart number four, and I've got Luther uh, Luther Bird number five. It's interesting. <laughs> All right, Matthew. Oh man. Marvin Harrison Jr. is one for me. He's going to go out and have a really good season this year. And again, whether it's Kyle McCord or Devin Brown paired in that Ohio State offense, he's going to be the one in his final season. Two for me is Luther Burden. I expect him to go out and absolutely smash this year, and I expect him to continue to be the best wide receiver in his class. Uh, already looked inc incredible in that spring game. I think he's going to be the main guy on that offense. Three for me is Mecca uh, because I expect him to also go out there and have a really good season behind Marvin Harrison in that offense. Four for me is Xavier Worthy. I, it's just really the size. Like, I have no questions about him as a wide receiver. I want to see him bulk up just a little bit more outside of that. He, he's really great. But I think with what Mecca and, and Luther and Marvin Harrison have size-wise puts him just a tad bit ahead of me. And then five for me is Keon Grace. Like, 
I think he's going to, you're not going to get much out of him this year. I just pray to get, actually, I don't really care if he becomes a year one zero. Cause I feel like I can buy cheap on him now since that's become like propaganda. And if he becomes a year one zero, everybody's just going to like possibly cut him at this point, since that becomes such a mainstream thing. Like if he's year one zero this year, I think he'll go out there next year and he'll be the third guy in this offense and have a really good season. And two years in a row again, whether it's Kyle McCord and then Dylan Rayola or Devin Brown for two years, he's going to absolutely smash. He's going to have a great offense around him and a great quarterback. So he came in uh, for five for me. I, I do like Lorenzo Styles. My biggest fear is is, is uh, Buckner or Buchner, however you say his name. I, I don't know how great he's going to be as a passer getting Lorenzo the ball. So he made my top 10, but not my top five. Matt, do you know and if any of the, the Ohio State wide receivers in the NFL were zeros while they were there? Um, well, see, I don't know what the um, answer is. No, were they? If he's a zero, do not go buy him. It doesn't matter. If he's a zero, do not go buy him. That is awful. That is awful. Don't do that. Austin asked you a question that he knew the answer to already. Well, Hmm. of course. I, well, again, I don't, is it different? Yours is different than Moxley's though, right? Did JSN fall in that with Moxley's or is because he didn't, he didn't cross, he crossed what? Two of those thresholds? His freshman season. You only have I to think? cross one and he crossed one multiple. Okay. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, don't do that. Yeah. I think that wide receiver room actually isn't that deep, in my opinion. Like it's the top three, and then like who's the fourth? Fleming? What 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 Cameron Babb, who's it's blown out his knee probably four times. gonna like, be Ballard over Fleming. Ballard, yeah. Like it's it's really not very it's not actually that deep of a room. If they're gonna do like the hockey style, like you know, shifts that they've done over the past couple years i can't see how he doesn't in some blowout oh catch, catch you know i have like 150 combined yards for kyle mccord and devin brown in yeah. blowouts because like it's just he'll be fine we saw that at a marvin harrison and mecca this year when they yeah. were blowing out yeah. and they throw kyle mccord out there and like here you go like it's gonna happen if you've seen their schedule i think i they play a team i didn't even realize was a college football team i think in like week three we'll see keon gray's Penn pass State. most of his no, I wish it was Penn State <laughs> there later on. They're another team I didn't realize were still uh, you know, qualified as a college football team. They uh, – I forgot what I was saying now. Um, no, I feel like he'll pass most of those year one zero things in one game uh, with with uh, whether it's going to be Kyle McCord or Devin Brown. So he'll be yeah. fine. Which is like five receptions, 100 yards, like a handful of punt returns. Like they're, they're not big thresholds at all uh, for anybody not familiar with them. Which is going to be interesting. I hate to – we're already talking about them, so might as well keep doing it. Caleb Burton doing some special teams work. He may end up not being a year one zero, especially if he gets some of those punt returns and whatnot. But anyways, Austin, go ahead. You're, you're Interesting. Felix, who was your number four? I, I'm making a list here just for reference. Evan Stewart. Stewart. Okay. Which is, I feel like I was the highest on him. I, he actually didn't make my top 10. I feel like maybe I left him out. I went other freshmen over him. He's number 10 for me. Interesting. There, there's, like... there's your preview for next week, folks. Evan now now I feel 10. bad because like I was all about him, and I, I did, he didn't make my top 10. Oh, one guy jumped him, and it's 100% because of Corey. So if you guys are in our Slack, you probably know who that is now based on the, the thing he put in there today. Um. All right, so my five, I have Worthy one, but I feel like you could take him or Marvin Harrison and be pretty happy about it. I think they'll both be uh, different archetypes, but, but both – highly sought after players over the next two years. Uh, Luther Burden, number three, you know, it's hard to predict that, like, I think he does lead Mizzou in receiving this year. How much is that? Like, there's a very realistic chance that he is 
the Quentin Johnson of his class, like through two years. Like we just Quentin Johnson has great uh, like offense, like specific numbers, but like bulk wise, they are crap because his team can't pass at all. Um, so unless they get a quarterback in there, we we might have kind of you know, you might be able to buy a Luther Burden cheaper than maybe you should over the next couple of years. Because can I can I interest you in some Sam Horn? Who's either going to be, play baseball I, 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 or I'm be just bad. messing with you because you don't like him. That's yeah, why I, asked I, that. I do not like him. I do not like him. Um, Ibuka four. I think he's pretty comparable to Bird. Like I think they're kind of similar players, but I just think Burden's slightly better, slightly higher ceiling. And then five. No, you guys had a had a 2023 freshman in your top five, huh? So I haven't looked at any of the wide receivers. So I, I forgot to to mention that at the beginning. I've only looked at quarterbacks, and I think I'm through like six running backs right now. Like, a, you know, we we put together. I don't know if anybody knows this. We put together this Devi guide, uh, and it, it ate up a lot of my time the past two months. So I'm just I literally took two weeks off where I was like, I'm not doing shit except for podcast, and I'm gonna watch Stranger Things, The Boys. I'm gonna play some MLB The Show, get my mind right, and then next week is full into the. Uh, 2023 class um so yeah my number five is makai lemon who's my top wide receiver in next year's class um he's listed as like i think he's listed as an athlete i don't think he's listed as a wide receiver because he plays uh db as well but he's going to play wide receiver he's been he's going to go to usc he's already committed there they that's what they're recruiting him as uh and really like in that wide receiver room jordan addison transferred there he's presumably going to be gone after this year. He's going to get drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. And then it's Mario Williams. And then we just have like a shit ton of questions about the rest of that wide receiver. room. Like Gary Bryant could be good. He could be like as at best, like the third wide receiver on the team. CJ Williams could be good, but it might take him a year or two to develop there. Uh, and I think lemon who, you know, is over six feet tall. Like he has like almost perfect size, like for the modern day NFL, like that six foot to six foot two kind of range, like that one ninety to 200 range. Uh, I think he is basically a kind of uh, like, I think he's a slightly better version of like what a book and burden are like where he could probably play slot if you wanted him to, but I think he can also win consistently on the boundary, uh, huge catch radius, really good athlete can win after the catch can win downfield. Like I, I think we're going to be talking about this kid a lot over the next few years. Uh, he's my top wide receiver uh, next year's freshman class through three years. I doubt that's going to change. Um, and I, so I ha I'll have him in my top five, but I'm also aggressive ranking freshman. So, you know me. I think we're going to call this episode smirks and side eyes with regard to at least me reading my rankings. I'm hurt. I am hurt. Um, what else? What else? Well, you got? didn't, you didn't, you didn't say think outside the box or else maybe mine would have looked more like yours, but. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Uh, i did uh, do tight end i don't know if you guys I, apparently I, don't i have, have my it, top or? five well, i have my all top right, go five. ahead you guys go ahead i didn't do tight end. you want to go first or me i feel like i literally just went and pulled my c2c ranks it was like these are the top i'm, I'm five interested to I hear have. this actually i've got um i cannot go quite the, the the spiciest take austin has had on this show in over years brock bowers tight end or i'm sorry uh, michael trigg tight end one i can't do it Bowers one for me, uh, Trig two. I've got uh, Delp three, Jatavian Sanders four, and then Jaleel Skinner five. Um, and again, I just literally went straight from like my C two C tight end ranks and, and went up. Um, I don't think there's probably going to be a freshman in Austin's. I could be wrong. 
but for me, it's, it's it's just so hard to project what these guys like. I, the best I feel about realistically is is Trig because he already has the size and and uh, Delp. To be honest, are really the only two that I absolutely love that I think are are solidified. Yeah, um, my five is not that much different than yours, and the guys that aren't in mine are in my my top ten. So it's not like they they're off by that much of a difference. Um, so I have. Uh, Trig number one. I I mean, I think he's just, I, I think he's going to be a tight end one for college fantasy this year. I think he's going to, he, he's already to over 240, uh, 240 pounds. We love that. He's six, four, what he's, he's slightly short. Okay. He's not six, six, whatever. Neither is uh, Brock Bowers. So uh, Bowers number two um, uh, in his third year there, Georgia Delp number three, uh, another Georgia kid there. Um, I have met year four. I still think Chris has been giving me some crap lately. He, Josh Wiley, uh, the senior tight end there, since he is still on the roster. Um, Josh Wiley is like 230 pounds soaking wet. I think new quarterback. I think, you know, slightly new system with a new offensive coordinator. Medier is like 6'5", 252. He's a much better athlete than Wiley. That's all we care about the tight end position. How much did Noah Fant do in college his first couple of years? Because he was stuck there with with somebody else like I, it doesn't really matter for college tight ends Medier is just this big athletic uh, block of marble so I, I'm going to bet on, on that being you know a guy that I really really want the number five is Elijah Arroyo um, a guy that I like I think he takes that job there um, and it's the same place Skinner is I think he's a better player than Skinner Skinner's not really a tight end which is going to be the issue and that's gonna, kind of the thing about the tight end position now like a lot of these guys aren't really tight ends Felix you're muted I'm sorry what were we saying I said he's a power forward that's what he is yes he's he's so people want to compare him to Kyle Pitts and he's like he has to gain like 35 40 pounds to be to weigh as much as Kyle Pitts like I I don't see it happening I I, I just don't I don't really get like actual like NFL upside tight end vibes with him uh Skinner barely made my top 10 um I, I just think Arroyo is a better player I, I'll take Arroyo um every day over him it's unfortunate for Skinner too, because I think if if you could unleash him and just kind of let him figure things out, maybe he gets there. But like, I just don't. He doesn't get that opportunity for a couple of years now, so I, I I don't know. Coming back, wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks. You've got a preview of our silly 2023 rankings um, without obviously knowing what is going to happen in 2022. Check out the website campusdecant.com. There's always something going on there. Check out the the podcast feed and the YouTube page. All right. Sorry, Kirk Herbstreet. We'll get you next time. Peace.